Ooh, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. It is nothing but miss. I am your host, Ba. My co-host here, Melky. How are you doing, buddy? What's up, everyone? It's Melky from Melky's World. No, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> Melky here, and you know, trash talking only the only way the milkman can. Ecstatic to be doing another pod with my partner in crime, Ba. And hopefully, if there's time, trash talk the bald wonder, aka LeBron James. <laughs> Yeah, we can't let this become too much of a hater podcast because he's the type of guy who will probably like search us out, try to ruin our lives. But I digress. This is episode eight, and this is called Super Flops or Hunting Bucks or And Hunting Bucks. Love it. So just like the last episode, this playoffs, we're fired up. These games have been amazing. We're going to start with a quick round two recap, East and West. We'll move on to round three, and then we'll move on to our different segments. We've got some great ones, uh, including who we think are the best point guards of all time. Spoiler alert, coming up. Most important position in basketball. Absolutely, and with a certain draft pick, I think it's more important than ever. <laughs> okay. Well, Melky, man, let, <laughs> let's start it off. We're going to do the round two review. We're going to start in the East. We've got the Bucks versus the Nets, and Milwaukee wins it game seven versus the super team. Holy shit, Giannis, they pull it out. He finally won the big one. Yeah. Well, could you say it's the big one? I think it's the big one for him in his career, in his young career. Oh, this definitely. Is probably, yeah, this is probably one of his, this is probably the biggest win in uh uh, in his NBA career, you know, hopefully there's many more to come. But yeah, for him to take down the the Titans, known as the Brooklyn Nets, good for him. Good for Milwaukee. Good for that city. Love cheese. Yeah, I mean you're right, dude. Because his other biggest games in the playoffs, I mean they've been losses. Let's be real. And Brooklyn, I mean these injuries. We're gonna talk about it later, but they're piling up, especially for the super team. I they barely played all three together and Milwaukee really needs to capitalize and they actually did. I mean, guys like Chris Middleton are just absolutely stepping up game six. I mean, Giannis, uh, his shooting leaves something to be desired sometimes in these playoffs, but man, the guy in the paint, he's making up for it. He owns the paint and he should know that. And I don't know why he doesn't take advantage of it because no one, no one on Brooklyn inside could guard him. Like Blake Griffin, come on, get out of here. Mm-hmm. They didn't even play Deandre Jordan, but with his old legs, he probably couldn't do anything either. So good for Jonas, like you just alluded to, capitalizing on a injury-riddled Brooklyn team. And they got the job done. Middleton Holiday uh, stepped up. P.J. Tucker, kudos to P.J. Tucker. Yeah. I know it wasn't easy, but minus game five and then obviously game seven, you pretty much put Durant in, uh, in his place. So um, kudos to you too. I'm so glad you said that. I have a note right here. P.J. Tucker, I mean, great defense and the coverage of Durant. I mean, he's been put up against some big men to cover, like some superstars. And the thing about Tucker is he knows he's going to be like posterized sometimes. Like he knows he's going to be on the wrong end of the play. But more often than not in the playoffs when it's clutch, he's making it. And I mean, big time for Milwaukee. The Nets were what, up 2-0 in the series? And Milwaukee came back, forced a game seven and actually won it. Yeah, Milwaukee, or it seemed like Brooklyn was just going to run away with it. But, you know, James Harden goes down game two. Um, yeah. Kyrie goes down game four. Yeah, sprained ankle. Uh, his sprained ankle did not return. Uh, James Harden did return, but he looked like a shell of himself. Uh, like, you know, almost the, the Houston Rocket days. Uh, yeah, it, it, you know, all, all I got to say is kudos to Milwaukee for finally getting it done. 
you, know, you took down probably that was my I know that was my favorite to win it all. I'm sure it was a lot of other people's favorites. And Milwaukee, they took them down. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had them going to the finals. And I mean, you should be happy your super team still going. But the one real positive note is Kevin Durant. I mean, the guy's not great on social media. But when they needed him at the end of the series, I mean, a 48-point game, a 49-point game, this guy just, in the end, couldn't do it himself. No, he couldn't shoulder the load. But with his game five performance, his 49 yeah, 48, points. Yeah. Uh, and then he had, I think he had like 40 in game seven. 48, did, game seven, 49, game five. Yeah, yeah. Did he cement himself as the best player in the NBA right now? Wow. Man, that's so tough because at the start of the season, I said he's one of those guys like Anthony Davis. If they stay healthy, like he's an obvious MVP candidate. Um, God damn, dude. <laughs> it, it's, it's one of those questions questions where you, you may not have an answer to just because of what happened, what's transpired. But I think with those performances, he's capable of that. And think about it. He's coming off an Achilles injury, which is he's so clutch. Man. He's- and you know what? If it wasn't for his size, what, 13, 14 feet, they would have won that game. I know with the shot, yeah. And he wears, uh, fun fact, he wears a size bigger because it's more comfortable. So if he actually wore his shoe size, he would have that three would have counted. Hey, as someone with wide feet, I get that, okay? But <laughs> you know, and for, for a lanky guy, he's one of those guys, he's a pure athlete. You can tell. Like, he's just good at what he does. Um that's <laughs> I love that Kevin Durant top discussion. Hmm. Maybe for next time. Yeah, that game five performance was crazy. Like he put the team on his back. One for the ages. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of Kevin Durant, this guy, and we're talking about how great he played. He played 141 of the final 149 minutes, and then Harden. Quick shout out because I've been hating on the guy. He came back and played 139 minutes of the final 149 minutes. So they the the workload, man, I, I think this is where injury and we're going to talk about how the season was shortened later on, man. But I think a bit of fatigue set in. Oh, 100%. And these guys didn't – they what, had 18 games collectively in the regular season together. Uh, no Kyrie. I, I said, you know what, even though I think Harden's more important than Kyrie – I think having a shell of uh, Harden definitely hindered um, the Nets. Like, can you really rely on Jeff Green and that that dumb ginger Blake Griffin and, you know, some of the other cats that are on that team? No, you, you need your big three stars. You trade it for James Harden, you know, to almost solidify your place in the championship. And when one of your big dominoes falls, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. You're just not going to, you know, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, credit to them. Blake Griffin, like, I think he put up 17 points or around then in the final game. Like, he actually played decent for them. But Milwaukee's bench, and specifically, obviously not bench, but Chris Middleton and P.J. Tucker, like, just friggin' Milwaukee. And I love those green jerseys. I know you don't. They look like whale barf. No, uh, <laughs> I know uh, Drew Holiday, too. I, I think I think uh, when Middleton and Holiday had to step up and Tucker, they did. Because they were, the first two games in Brooklyn, it looked ugly. It, it looked like it was going to be a very short yeah. you know, like the Western Conference uh, semis, yeah. which we'll talk about later. Hey, what do you think about Giannis on the line, man? Ten-second shot clock. I think, uh, the, I think the Hawks have it right, uh, spoiler alert, in um, 
uh, connecting with the NBA to make sure he doesn't run the 10 seconds because I think that's a bunch of bull. I would fucking say something. Well, they have. The, the Atlanta's already, uh, spoiler alert, Atlanta's playing Milwaukee in the finals, in the Eastern finals. But yeah, Atlanta's already sent to, to, to the yeah. commission, commission's office uh, in regards to the um, Giannis taking forever at the free throw line. That's It's ridiculous. Yeah, those gifts where you see the other, like the opposing teams just like freaking out and being like, what the fuck? That would be me. I'd be like, this is absolutely fucking ridiculous. You do not need to do that. And the refs are just allowing him to do it because they're not blowing it. And he's looking at them being like, all right, if you're going to give me the time, I'm just going to do it then. Fuck you. Yeah, he's getting away with it. He's using his star power. Well, I don't think he is. I think they're giving him his star power. But I would, if I was, um, if I was Atlanta, if I was Nate McMillan or maybe an assistant coach on there, I would take a chair like Bobby Knight and throw it a throw it on the court just to cause some <laughs> ruckus. Uh, hilarious. I mean, we brought it up before too. These guys looked absolutely gassed. The Nets they only scored two points in that OT before yeah. losing the series. So, uh, shout out to Durant. I want to ask you though, just quickly because we didn't really talk about it before. What do you consider this a winning season if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan or if you're the Brooklyn Nets ownership with Steve Nash at the helm? It's a. I think it's a disappointing season. You go. You went in championship or bust almost. Especially putting all your chips in and um, on James Harden. Uh, so I would consider it a bust because you. This is when now and these guys aren't the youngest. Like Katie's, what thirty two, or thirty three. Harden around the same age. Kyrie's thirty, I believe. They don't have a bench. So now you're gonna get in the off season. You're gonna have to find guys on the cheap. Uh, to complement these players, and I mean, yeah, you have a window, but this really hurts. I think this year was the year to really capitalize. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Even anything less than a Game Seven Conference Final loss, which could be maybe acceptable. Mm-hmm. I mean, injuries and what happened in the fatigue gives them an excuse for the fans to feel better and be like, "Man, if we can bring everybody back, we're that fucking close." It's just some bullshit. But it only takes you so far. I think it's a disappointment as well. Obviously, I think Steve Nash is given another year. Do you think oh. he's on the hot seat? No, I don't think so. I think Steve Nash did everything he could. He handled you know, the egos of that team. I, I think it's a lesson for him, too, because he didn't take timeouts when he should have. He didn't preparate uh, his, his game, his management, game management enough. Rookie mistake. You know, He's got good guys around him. But I believe they just kind of let the inmates run the asylum, so to speak. And it's a lesson learned for him, and I think he'll be better next year. Yeah, you brought it up before, and I agree with you. I mean, uh, they have no depth because of what they've done, almost Leaf style. So with what he worked with and met, like handling all those fucking personalities, yeah, he definitely deserves another chance. And I love Nasher anyways. <laughs> I got one more question, though, before we uh, switch uh, to the Hawks and um... – the Sixers. Yeah. Does Kyrie get moved? Mm. There's big rumblings that they're not happy with him. How can you be? The guy's bigger than the game himself. I'm going to say... I'm going to say yeah. He gets moved? Yeah. Fuck any, any idea? Where? Send him to friggin' Orlando. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> he would retire. Guarantee he would retire. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a crazy thing, too. Would he retire if, depending on this trade right now? Like, I could see a couple of the way some, we'll talk about it later, but how this draft fell out, I, I could see some picks on the move. Um, 
I don't know though, man, because you know what? Now that I say that, I totally see these fucking guys on Instagram in the summertime being like, we're going to run it back. Like they're going <laughs> to show them healthier at the gym and all that. So no, I, you know what? I think it gets another year or another, you get another, what, three months of Kyrie until the bullshit happens and he's out. And then it's going to be like, okay, this is another year of this. It's time to go. So maybe trade deadline, but no, he's, he's definitely going to be starting the season up to Christmas with the Mets. Yeah, they're going to run it back. Uh, I, yeah. I think he's on thin ice, but they'll run it back. KD will probably smooth it over and say, just give him another chance. He's an yeah. chance. I think so too, man. They they Enough ego on that team, you're right. They're going to run it back for at least another season. But but more shit's going to happen. You know it is. Of course, more bullshit. Par- party and bullshit. And it's like Biggie, uh, Biggie always says. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's one Eastern round two matchup done. We're going to be moving on now. And we have got the Atlanta Hawks versus the Philadelphia 76ers. And the Atlanta Hawks won this in seven games, four to three. The biggest shocker of these playoffs thus far. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and it's all Ben Simmons' fault. <laughs> okay, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to make a joke, too. I actually feel so bad for him. I mean, the guy in the background, Trey Young, we've jumped on his bandwagon since the start. This guy is balling out, and he did not play well game seven. We'll bring that up. Like, he had 15 points and I think nine turnovers, which is a career high in the playoffs. But Atlanta, I mean, this young team actually has more depth than the 76ers because Embiid, I think he played lights out. I think Tobias Harris played fucking great. But there's a lot to left to be desired, and I do not know if Philadelphia is going to keep this team together. Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, Ben Simmons, you need to go. You need to go, and you need to go faster than Gooby wolfing down a Big Mac at McDonald's. Like, you, I'm sorry. He didn't attempt that dunk or whatever. He was wide open, and he yeah. dished the ball to a guy who had three men on him. Man, he's so mentally weak. That's such a mentally weak thing. So not only are you afraid to shoot threes, you're afraid to make a jump shot, a mid-range jump shot, and now you're afraid to lay the ball up because you don't want to go to the line? Yeah. That's pathetic. You are a 24-year-old, 6'10", 6'11", phenom. You have every gift a man could want in the game of basketball. You are number one pick. You mean to tell me during during the time you were growing up with the game of basketball, you never learn how to shoot the damn ball. It's pathetic. Yeah. It's pathetic. The process is over. They need to cut their losses. I mean, obviously, don't trade him for a bag of peanuts, but you need you need to get rid of this guy. He's it does not work with him and Embiid. It's it it's a dumpster fire. Yeah. Dumpster fire swimming in a big pool of piss. Yeah. He's gotta go. Um <laughs> I know all his defenders, they look at his defense and how he kind of kept uh, Trey Young outside, and that was part of his poor performance. That's not the position. Like, that's not why he's on the court. Like, this guy needs to score. He's absolutely gone, and I it worries me, the rumors of him coming to Toronto. I know we're okay with reclamation projects, but I don't know. See, I don't want Philadelphia's problems. Yeah. And if a man is so reluctant to be on... Okay, you have a once-in-a-lifetime player in Joel Embiid who, you're right, he was a beast. I, I made fun of him in the past with the stomach issues and him sounding like 
uh, Cookie Monster and just being a complete fool. But he was great. He had a torn meniscus, and he was a beast, an absolute beast. This man is the team. This should be everything should be going around him, not not equally with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is the reason they stunk in the fourth quarter. And I'm going to get to Doc Rivers in a sec too because yeah, you're the okay. biggest <laughs> choke artist out there. Like you couldn't make adjustments at all with because your pride and you need to, you didn't need Ben Simmons out there. Yeah. Uh, and when a team has to like kudos to Nate McMillan for drawing up hack a Ben. Putting Ben, forcing him to go to the free throw line every chance he could, and get this man like so disgruntled, get his psyche so messed up that he was garbage. He averaged Ben Simmons for the um, round two, averaged nine point nine points. Your second best player cannot be averaging under ten points in a play, a, a very important playoff round, and one you should have won in five realistically. Yeah, I mean. Joel Embiid, 31 points, Game 7. Absolutely unreal. Uh, Doc Rivers, for everybody out there, I have here, that is his fourth straight loss in a Game 7. He is 29 losses with a chance to clutch. That is the most by a coach. And his .341 win percentage with 20-plus games played is the worst all-time for a coach. I mean, this guy is not Mr. Playoffs. No, he he's... he. I don't think... You know what? I think... In his next contract, or Daryl Morey, what he should do is, you're not allowed to coach in the playoffs. Get us through the regular season, and then have an assistant or have someone come in for the playoffs. Because, coach of the future, yeah. Yeah, because Doc Rivers, I'm sorry, man. You're terrible. You're, you're too stubborn. You, you were praising Ben Simmons, and you're you're mocking uh, the reporters asking about Ben Simmons and how he's a liability, uh, yet the, what, he, what he said afterwards, you threw him under the bus along with Joel Embiid, uh, after you lost in Game Seven, this is actually your fault too. You stuck with the guy who was afraid, afraid of the moment, and you didn't recognize it. So you need to go. Yeah, and we were almost singing praises after Round One, being like, "Could a legacy be turning around?" But I can't believe. Well, I mean, I can't believe because Atlanta balled out. Like credit to Atlanta too. I mean, it's so disappointing, and I'm happy in a way what happened to Philadelphia because I think you guys might have needed Lowry, maybe. Baby, yeah, if Lowry was on that team, it would be a different story. Uh, I mean, losing losing Danny Green didn't help either. He's an, another wing defender. But it was basically Curry and Embiid pick and roll like the whole time. And Atlanta caught on. Nate McMillan, Nate, Nate McMillan caught on, yeah. trapped them. He forced them. Like Embiid basically had to pull tricks out of his ass, uh, you know, to get it done. And Atlanta was just too much. And there's nothing more, there's nothing better than playing with nothing to lose. Atlanta had absolutely nothing to lose. It's already and, a winning season. Yeah, so they, they were fearless. They were fearless in something Ben Simmons needs to, like, acquire in his game because he was just, he was atrocious, like, despicable. I mean, they were up 2-1 in the series, and they lost game four and five, like, blowing it. I mean, yeah. they two games in a row. And let Atlanta back in. Pretty insane. Yeah, it was. And then you were talking about Trey Young. He averaged 29 points, 10.8 assists. He shot the 32.8 percentage from three. He's blossoming before our eyes. His man is a superstar. Yeah, it's crazy too, man. You brought up Nate McMillan, the coach. This guy was brought in in what, March? Yeah. Interim. Interim basis. They were in 11th place. 
They've just been on an absolute tear, and then whatever happened in New York has just set this team afire. Um, and I, you know what? I brought up Trey Young. He struggled in Game Seven, shot five from twenty-three from the field. He still had twenty-one points, ten assists, team high. I mean, this guy's crazy. A quick shout out for Philadelphia. The one thing I'll say positive is some of the bench players, like uh, Maxi, and then who was the other guy? Shake Milton. Shake Milton. They had some pretty big performances. Like there were some individual guys who can hold their head high for Philadelphia. But I mean, we're talking about. Uh, Bogdan, uh, Gallinari. I mean, these guys, like, Atlanta is buzzing. Atlanta's buzzing, and they're for real. And that, the city of Atlanta, you know, it's bright lights. It, they're loving life because that, that's a party town, and they're loving life right now. You see Quavo dancing with them at the uh, at the end. You know, this is high spirit, good, and good for them. Good for They deserve it. Nate McMillan maybe should have been coach of the year. <laughs> that too. Like that's that's kind of crazy. If if it hadn't gone out yet and they waited to include like the finals, the playoffs, I mean he'd make a very, very strong case. And I mean Bogdan was injured too, right? Game six, but he actually came back game seven, which was massive for them. I mean, little spoiler alert, he's still, still. looking a little injured and uh it looks like it's aggravating him a bit. But I mean, they showed up. I mean, this young team, like you said, no expectations. They showed up and they won game sevens against the best Eastern team ranked. Yeah, you know, you know, um, you noticing a pattern. Yeah, they, they take game one on the road. Yeah, set the tone. This team sets the tone. Okay, so as you can tell by our roundup, we have Milwaukee versus Atlanta going into the Eastern Conference Finals. We'll get to that later with our little preview and and how the series has gone so far. But we're going to move on to round two in the West and the first game. We've got the Phoenix Suns, Melky's team. Versus the Denver Nuggets. And holy shit. I know we brought it up last episode. You still can't believe it now. They swept the MVP. The first time that's happened since 1989 with Magic. Get your brooms out, Phoenix. You two, Charles Barkley, lead the charge. They're on another level, man. You want to talk about a dominant big three? Look no further in CP3, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Aiden insane insane and you got book and aiden just becoming superstars in front of our eyes all because of cp3 the leader of that team yeah that backcourt of cp3 and booker man it's absolutely unreal like the the amount of points that they get together um you know spoiler alert too cp3 is going to have his COVID issues but i mean this guy we brought it up last episode we're talking about the respect he deserves I mean, this guy is in the top point guard discussion all time. Spoiler alerts, wink, wink. And, <laughs> you know, just absolute respect. Like these guys, and, and you know what? It's more uh, the conference finals round. I'm going to bring him up. But yeah, Aiden is starting to come because we haven't talked about him at all. And he, not saying he was a bust, but he was falling to the wayside of the other two. And that man is stepping up as well. It, yeah, but it helps when you have a leader. You have a guy that wants to make you better, that pushes you in Chris Paul. He always seems to elevate, especially big men, when it comes to the pick and roll, he always elevates the big man because they're vital to his success with Lob City and, you know, just throwing up those dimes. Uh, yeah, Aiden, Aiden looks unstoppable. Uh, Book, uh, Stephen A. Smith called Book the next Kobe Bryant. Now, I don't agree with that 100%. His hyperbole is fucking insane every time. Well, he, he's on his high horse, uh, so he does. He's, he calls the shots because if they land, then he looks like a savant. Of course, it's classic Stephen A. But yeah, yeah 
Uh, yeah, book, but book does have some similarities to uh, you know to to late Kobe Bryant, and again, you want to talk about fearless uh, with Atlanta. Phoenix is doing the same thing, and you know what Phoenix reminds me of? Yeah. Phoenix reminds me of that that fun college team that is unselfish, and everybody can step up from your starters to your bench. They have like eight guys that can literally kill you, like yeah. the days where. Um, North Carolina or Duke Blue Devils or even Arizona were dominant with like their because of the recruiting because they get all the good players like just everyone every or Kentucky um, books uh, school um, that just dominate and anyone can beat you they can just easily get ten points like that yeah the confidence the team chemistry I mean the fact that they are buying into this coach's plan and I know you've been praising this coach all year. Um, they're on a roll. And you know what? We talked about how great they were in the last episode because they the swept had already happened. I mean, Denver fans, Barton, Porter Jr., I mean, there are guys who stepped up. I mean, you have the MVP, the guy's sick. I think two big reasons is, I mean, they were just outplayed physically by Phoenix, and they weren't expecting that. And that's what happened with the Jokic flagrant foul, which we still is controversial to this day, and I don't know about that. I think it should have been a one. Still but – yeah, but they couldn't keep up. I mean, Phoenix brought that strength, and I think the injury and the fatigue, and you know what? They did end up missing Jamal. And it's, but they still got some high hopes. I mean, Denver's not out for the future. Denver is a great team, but the coach called them out. They, I don't think they brought any heart to this series. No yeah. heart, no hustle. Uh, like you said, uh, Phoenix bench outclassed Denver's bench. And it was basically Joker on Lonely Island battling th- Three th- three top notch players. So what is he supposed to do? He's supposed to pull out magic out of his big European ass? Nah, it doesn't work that way. You need Porter Jr. You needed Porter Jr. He's a fantastic player, but this was your time. This is your coming out party. You didn't deliver. Aaron Gordon, you're a nice player, but you clearly aren't a top notch player. You're a nice role player. Uh, Barton was hurt. He played what game four. So I get it. Like, you're coming off a really bad injury. Uh, Austin Rivers, we praised Austin Rivers in the first round. Where the hell were you in round two? Yeah, absolutely silent, man. Invisible. Yeah, so it it just – Phoenix is the better team. Yeah, you know what? And it was – it it felt like it the whole series too, you know? Like, there wasn't a time where you thought Denver was going to push this to seven and come back. They just did – you're right about the heart. Yeah, they will – Coach doesn't lie. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. So, obviously, we've got Phoenix moving on. We talked about them before. Um, Did you want to talk any more about the flagrant, too, or we're just going to move, Pat? We're done with that because it's still bullshit. It was was bullshit, and it's a shitty way to go out and end your season. Um, The man should have received a little more respect than that, but at the same time, even if he stayed in the game, they still would have got pummeled, so... Yeah, he got to rest a little early. <laughs> True enough. And shout out CP3. I mean, the man's first playoff sweep in his entire career. Kudos to you. I mean, I think he got 37 points game seven. Booker was 34 points or there the other way around. But just lights out and clutch. I mean, unbelievable. OK, so Western round two matchup number two. We've got the Clippers versus the Utah Jazz. And again, holy shit, the Clippers win. I mean, the L.A. Clippers actually win and are heading to the conference finals the first time in franchise history. L.A.'s stepchild, stand up. You are no longer in the shadows. Congratulations. 
unbelievable. And they did in six games, folks. I thought that was for sure going to a seven. And unfortunately for the Utah Jazz, who I was praising and I thought get coach of the year, uh, injuries and fatigue and actually a better defense from the Clippers and Paul George spelt doom. Spelt doom. He's no longer pandemic P. He has been upgraded to playoff P. Man stepped up when he needed to. Uh, Kawhi going down after game four. Uh, and PG put him on his on his back, and they, they just took over. It sucked because you thought Utah was primed to get it done, you know, being the top-ranked top ranked overall team, top-ranked three-point shooting team, top three defensive team. And the injuries, the story of the NBA playoffs, injuries. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, not 100%. He Mike, was struggling, dude. Yeah, Mike Connolly played the what, game six. Yeah. You could tell. He, he probably shouldn't have played. I know he was trying to help. But we're going to go a little further with Ingles, Bogdanovic, Clarkson. Where were you? Where were you guys? You were expected to pick up the slack. You were terrible. You got... You got trounced by the the Clippers uh, supporting cast, and the biggest is they limited Rudy Gobert. They had Rudy play outside uh, with their bigs, and Rudy Rudy's a shot blocker. Rudy belongs in the paint, and Rudy was restricted. Twelve points for Game Seven. That's all he got. Yeah, they made Rudy look tiny. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about Game 7, Donovan Mitchell, 39 points. And then right after him, steep drop-off. You have Jordan Clarkson, 21. Royce O'Neal, 21. We got Bogdan, 14. And he was struggling injury-wise. And Rudy Gobert. And I have so many stars and asterisk beside this. You brought it up. I mean, the man struggled. We're talking about defensive player of the year. That is not what I saw this series, Melky. They exploited him. And shout-out to you. You gave huge praise to Ty Lu last pod. <laughs> I have it written right here. We're going to give it to him again. Yes. Uh, I've never seen a coach who always has his back like into a corner to make the best adjustments. And I always thought Ty Lue was um, his success predicated from having LeBron James, but he's showing he is a lot better coach than people give him credit for. And Lakers, you're so stupid. You should have gave the man the, the extra X amount of millions he was asking for an extra year. Instead, you, got, you went with another coach, which – in hindsight, anyone could have coached that team to win a championship. But now, your your team's in disarray, and look how Ty Lue looks. Okay, yes, I'm so glad you brought this up. The man deserves respect. I mean, not only is he a player's coach, which we've said before, mm. but I was buzzing at the way he was using the bench in those final two games. And, I mean, he, he he's such a player's coach. I mean, Terrence, man, you want to talk about a performance. Holy shit. I'm going to quickly, 39 points, seven three-pointers. I mean, he brings them on in the final game to get that applause. He knows how to make guys feel confident, feel good about themselves. And you know what? He can deal with personalities. Everybody chirps him, man. He's just a cardboard cutout of a coach, and he doesn't have to do anything. You and I can coach it. You're wrong, and absolutely, Lakers made a huge mistake. This guy wins where he goes. All he does is win, yeah. and he's showing the world that he's not a fluke. He's he's not a like you said a paper coach. Uh, and Terrence, man, I'm glad you brought his name up. He became a man in this series. And I have a great question for you: Which dunk was better, Kawhi's on Derek Favors or Terrence Mann on Rudy? 
Yeah, I I know I'm still going to say Kawhi just because of the Toronto love. Like, that Kawhi was sick. I actually jumped up and, like, kind of scared my girlfriend who was asleep with the Kawhi one. But they're both absolutely unreal. Like, sick. What what about you? Oh, it's it's Kawhi just, yeah. just because it's it's the claw. He's hammering down on Derek Favors. I, I think can't not cheer for him, man. I can't no, not cheer for Kawhi. No, him and his, his amazing laugh, you, you have to – be in his corner and Derek Favor should have just walked off the court and never returned. Yeah. But Terrence, uh, Terrence man, massive, uh, Patrick Beverly, huge three pointers in the fourth quarter of that final game. I mean, this guy came out to shoot and he was struggling injuries and, and just wasn't even really playing at the beginning of the series. I mean, Reggie Jackson, 27 points. Mm-hmm. That's what you need. The Beverly is a player. You love to have him on your team, but you hate him everywhere else. He's so annoying. But yeah. he stepped up when he needed to. Uh, Marcus Morris stepped up. Uh, Terrence Mann came out of nowhere. You know, uh, you know. even though we had a little bit of playoff Rondo, Rondo was in a couple threes. So, yeah, you know, good for Ty Lue. Ty Lue deserves this. Yeah, and, I mean, we brought up his name already, but a massive storyline is Kawhi going down in this series as well. I mean, he misses game five, game six. And I know we keep doing spoiler alerts, but he hasn't played since. I mean, it's a massive loss. And and part of the reason Paul George deserves so much respect right now, but but huge when Kawhi went down. Yeah, it probably is the end of their season, unfortunately, because this Phoenix team is on another level. But good, you know what? I make fun of Paul George. I'm one to call him George Paul or Pandemic P or P-U-P or, you know, just all the names out of the book. But he, he is... He's back to playoff P. Uh, he deserves it. He, he's actually shouldering the load, and he, he looks like he's actually determined. He doesn't look like he's lost in the shuffle or that, that he doesn't care. So uh, props to you, playoff P. I mean, the only reason I hated the Clippers is because Kawhi went home. And, I mean, it's not really their fault, but it was like a typical billionaire spending the money, <laughs> getting the super team. But you know what? Good for the Clippers because when we were kids, they were the laughing stock. Like the laughing stock. There were teams in every sport that you chose as like a joke to be the worst team. It was always the Clippers. They were on par with the Chicago Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were really bad. Uh, so crazy. So the Clippers, I mean, Utah, you know, time to regroup. We're going to bring up the injuries, the fatigue, and, and how big of a, a problem that's been with the NBA this season. But the Clippers are moving on. And like you said, they're facing this Phoenix team. We're off to the conference finals, buddy. Let's go. As I drop my little mic thing. Perfect. Mic drop. Okay, so we're actually going to go back to the east, and we have got the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Atlanta Hawks. This series right now as of recording is tied 1-1, but they are playing tonight. They're playing currently. And I don't know what the score is. Oh, boy, dude. Oh, it is 78-75 Atlanta. Wow. Okay. Okay. So I was going to talk about game two because an absolute dominant performance by Milwaukee. I mean, Milwaukee played well in game one, but Trey Young and Atlanta, they pulled it out. They're so sick in close games. Um, but Milwaukee dominated them 125 to 91 game two. It was 116, 113 win game one, another close win. Like I said, but Milwaukee was in it the whole game. Uh, they're showing why they were a powerhouse in the East this year. What? What's up? <laughs> yeah, no, Milwaukee's been a powerhouse for a few years now. Yeah. It's just, it's untapping their potential. And, 
this is the year to do it. There is no excuse, no excuse whatsoever to not win this series. I call this the David versus Goliath series, as in Trey Young versus little Trey Young versus big giant Greek freak, big bad booty man, and yeah, there's no excuse. If if you can't get it done, you need to strip that team down. Yep. Yeah, and you know, speaking of the Greek freak, I mean, game two. 25 points, nine rebounds, 11 to 18 from the field. I mean, say what you want about the 10 second violation. Talk about the air balls all you want, but <laughs> I texted you right away after that move from between the two guys. Oh yeah, you, you were right on there, and I wasn't sure if you were lit or not, but you could tell. I could, I felt the emotion coming out of the phone. It was sick, wicked, and nasty. That was a crazy move. I mean. This guy, when he is going to the paint, absolutely unreal. Like he is a freak. He the paint he 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 needs to write his name there because he owns it. And I don't know why. I don't know why when you're a big when you're a big specimen, you're ashamed of it. Like yeah. Shaq was never ashamed of it. Shaq dominated for a reason. Akeem Olajuwon dominated for a reason. They were big. When you're big, use it. So I don't know why he tries to be a finesse player. Dude, I think everybody wants to be that small ball finesse, like, and one guy. Like, it doesn't matter how big you are now. That's, like, the goal. Okay, but what if it's not broken, Yeah, don't fix it. <laughs> like, like, seriously, your your jump shot is her, horrendous. You, yeah. you, where, you, where do you cause havoc in the paint? Where are you, why are you called the Greek freak? Because you run havoc in the paint. I don't call you that because of your ugly jump shot. I'd have a different name for you. So you use, use your strengths, buddy. Well, on the other side of the superstardom, Trey Young game too, buddy. Not the greatest game. 15 points and nine turnovers a career worse. And that was actually coming off an amazing performance game one with 48 points. Holy shit, that was unreal. He's the NBA's little darling right now. And for for every reason, man, this guy is, like I was saying, he's blossoming into a superstar. I love watching Trey Young, man. This is NBA at its best you know when you got the the little guy the little engine that that could you know pers- um you know doing well and hitting his shots and doing it for atl man because they've been bad at, at almost every sport for a long time so yeah it's great. It great for atlanta yeah besides that patriots uh, loss like what else have they gotten late <laughs> but you actually already brought it up my man because Atlanta asked the NBA about these 10-second violations, and the NBA is looking into it. And you're saying they're in the right. They are in the right. It's it, rules are rules. Uh, they have them. In, they have them in, implemented for a reason. So Giannis, like I said, just because you're a two-time MVP, defensive player, All NBA player, you know, it doesn't mean you get that much slack. You know, rules are rules. Uh, you don't need to be taken over 10 seconds to shoot a free throw. You're probably going to miss. So. Hurry the fuck up and let's go. Yeah, well, you know what? Good news because it's going to make Atlanta fans uh, sleep better at night. The NBA actually agrees that there should have been one called late in the game, game one. So I always love that when they admit fault afterwards when nothing can be fucking done. About that. <laughs> kudos, kudos to you. Okay. Well, yeah, what? I was going to say, ultimate question, who you got and how many games? Yeah, so... 
I mean, it, after game two, it, it's pretty tough not to say this, just the way they're playing. Um, but I've got Atlanta in seven. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Boom. I did not expect that. <laughs> Let's do it. Moxie. I dig it. Yeah. Daring. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, I'm always the realist, so I've got <laughs> I've got Milwaukee in five. Yeah. It's been <laughs> and, such a bad sports year for me. Screw it, I'll just take the chance. Yeah, you me as well. Milwaukee in five. Like I said, it's uh, David versus Goliath. Bucks length versus Hawks speed. I like the Bucks length better. Um, do you know? Not, I do. I, I love my. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the Cinderella story is is about to come to an end. Uh, it's you know, like I was saying earlier, it's been a great season for the Hawks. You cannot be ashamed of what's transpired, but everything comes to an end. Ask Doc Rivers since he hasn't won a championship or done anything since 2007-2008. Yeah, I'm going to be completely honest with you here. Up until this morning, the way that they dealt with Capella and like the big men with Atlanta and everything in game two worried me, and I was going to say bucks and six to be generous to atlanta and then i woke up and i'm like fuck it <laughs> atlanta's going to the final they're going to do it the, I, hey i i'd I love for atlanta to represent the east i think it'd be a way more compelling uh, championship you know hawks and Suns. but milwaukee is they're such a big team and if middle t- like you know what giannis doesn't have to be a beast he doesn't have to average 40 points this series as long as Middleton and Holiday uh, contribute and P.J. Tucker, you know, takes out. I mean, I think P.J. could um, give Trey a little trouble if they put him on. Uh, they also have other like Holiday. Holiday was brought in to guard. He's the best um, on-ball defender of guards. So Holiday's Hol- been clutch coming in late. Yeah. Like Hol- if, if Holiday can, you know, just slow down Trey to a degree, there is nobody big that can defend uh, – to defend Giannis. Capella can't defend Giannis. Collins can't defend him. Uh, the Italian Stallion can't defend him. Yeah, it really worried me how they boxed out Josh, uh, not Josh, John Collins and Clint Capella in game two. Like that was that was actually really worrisome because, I mean, those big guys have played so well for Atlanta. They've been a huge part of why Trey Young is dominant. And it was like, oh, shit. Yeah, like you... You know how Hunter went down last year in the first series. This is probably where you need Hunter in this series. Yeah, uh, but uh, Atlanta's too small, unfortunately. So yeah, I got Bucks and five. Okay, so we got Bucks and five. The realist Melky, like always, and <laughs> Jesse, the hopeful optimist, the fucking idiot who's a Leaf fan. He has Hawks game seven. <laughs> Where's I got you? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nowhere. Well, it got me an Eagles uh, Super Bowl. And a Raptors championship. How about that? I'll I'll take the Raptors championship. Yeah, I know. And you'll take the Philly one too, buddy. You'll take it all day. Okay, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I can't wait for show us your TV. So moving on, the Western Conference Finals, you have for the first time ever, LA Clippers versus the Rising Sun, the Phoenix Suns. These guys are dominant right now as of last night. Uh Clipper fans, I hate to tell you this, but Phoenix is up three to one in this series, looking good. As Vince Carter once said in the dunk contest, "It's over." It's so I didn't even want to wait till the end. I wanted to ask you, are they going to close it out tomorrow? So I had okay. So my, I'll tell you my prediction. Tell me, tell me. Yeah, I was 
I, I was being generous. See, I wasn't generous in the other series, but I was being generous here. I said Suns in six. Yeah. Because obviously no Kawhi. I mean, PG can only get them so far. And and even though you were losing CP3 for a couple of games, you could weather that storm opposed to not having Kawhi at all. So for those reasons, I said Suns in six. But they're going back home. It's over. I'm sorry. Unless Kawhi miraculously shows up or PG turns into Kawhi, done. This is a done series. I'm going to be like Charles Barkley. I guarantee. Uh-oh. That's not good news, man, if you go know anything about Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Done. Yeah. He's so going to the finals for the first time since 1993. Yeah. So projection was pretty much on point. Same as you. Um I'm telling you right now, I always have this feeling. I have L.A. winning tomorrow night and then Phoenix closing it out. On the road? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do I do like how CP3, I don't know if you caught in the interview last night, they asked him about the 3-1 depth. He's like, I don't even want to go there. I have bad experiences with being up 3-1. Different so yeah, different team, different team. And, buddy, we haven't even brought him up, and I'm so glad you did before because Aiden, 22 rebounds game four. 22 rebounds. That's insane. Not to mention he had the game-winning alley-oop in yeah. game two from Jay Crowder. And yeah. big ups to Jay Crowder. He didn't do anything in that game, but he made the most important, significant play of the that's game. That's all you need. If, if you get the win, buddy, that's all you need because that was a hard fought. 84 to 80 i think 84 80 win yeah yeah because yeah. these have been low scoring hard fought games man and you wouldn't necessarily think that with cp3 booker the way they've been playing i mean they're still shooting but this series is definitely different than the first two for phoenix and they're dominating still well cp3 sets the tone right yeah. Yeah. so you you knew the first two games they like that home crowd pushes them too so you know having home court does matter and having fans matters too Hope you're paying attention, Toronto and NBA. Get it done. Let's have people back at the ACC. Well, even though it's not called Scotia Bank, whatever you want to call it, whatever sellout. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's have people back because it makes a difference. But yeah, that Phoenix crowd. You know, they were like I said, it's a party college atmosphere. They're in it to win. Uh, they never say die. That they move they go as as far as chris paul takes them and they've adopted that chris paul mentality that dog fight mentality you saw booker get hit in the face by beverly this broken why, nose broken nose this is why i don't like beverly at all and yeah. then beverly's the one flopping and carrying on like a little bitch so this phoenix team they like you said there there's something different about them and they're getting it done tomorrow night let's go phoenix yeah, I mean, Beverly's always been like that. He's always been a loudmouth, too. But, I mean, Booker, going old school with the nose guard, takes it off halfway through game four, says, fuck it, because he's not even playing well. Absolute broken nose, comes back to play. I love that type of shit. You know me. Um, so this is their first potential NBA final since 1993 for Phoenix. So you're right that this city is absolutely buzzing. I mean, Clippers... They're still missing Kawhi. We brought it up last time. I mean, that was such a huge loss, and it has impacted the series not having him from the start. 100%. I think this is a different series with Kawhi in it. Kawhi actually, I bet you Kawhi puts the stop to Aiton 
if he's in this series, the way he did to Giannis a couple of years back. But since he's not there, nobody's can, nobody can guard Aiden. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody on that. Uh, not Boogie, not Zubats, not Morris, nobody. So let's get it done. Let's get it in tomorrow night, Phoenix. Let's have a party. Do it for the Chuckster. Let him lead, lead the charge. Let's go. Yeah, and you brought him up. Just a little side note, folks. Chris Paul missed the first two games with COVID protocol, returned game three. Um, he's been clutch. The leadership, I mean, the off-the-court stuff is massive. He still playing well, but not as well as the first two series. But you almost don't need it because eight and these other guys are just stepping up. I mean, it's crazy. You know what I love about this team, too? I know, I know we there's nothing but praise for this team. Uh, at the end of games one and two, they they were video chatting Chris Paul. And yeah. he was video chatting them. As I love that. Yeah. yeah. Just that, just so- that team, team camaraderie. Like, you love it. Monty Williams, I think, should have been coach of the year. Yeah, you called uh, that. He's got this team on, running on all cylinders. It, it, it's Phoenix time. I mean, they're absolutely scary, obviously, how young they are, too. I mean, besides CP, who's just the, the dad of the team. But the team chemistry, they're unreal. Quickly, Clippers fans, playoff P. I mean, this series, he's averaging 27.5 points, 10.3 rebounds, 6.3 assists. Uh, unfortunately, fatigue setting in. He can't do it himself. So I just, I don't know, man. I could see him having one last glory game. He's going to drop just like 47 points tomorrow. I've called those other games this year. And then Phoenix will close it out. Like, Phoenix is going to win this for sure. Uh I think they're going to contain him tomorrow. I can see Terrence Mann or um, uh, what's what's sorry, what's the little guard's name? Oh God, not Beverly. Uh, the other one, uh, Jackson. Yeah, Reggie Jackson. Sorry, sorry, yeah, guys. Reggie Jackson. Yeah, I see Reggie Jackson having a big night. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, okay, whatever. You're you're they're closing out. Phoenix is uh, it's done, buddy. According to you, it's over. I, so do you. I, we're, I, if I had, you know, the the streamers and the button to push, like Chuck, I would be pushing it right now, and balloons would be flying, and you'd see a little dancing Moe's all over the place, or little dancing milkmans dancing. It's over. They're not. Phoenix does not want to go back to LA. That's the worst thing you can do is go back to LA for Game Six. Okay, I want a quick 10-second prediction because Episode Nine is clearly going to be on the finals, folks. That's just a little upcoming teaser. Between the two teams you picked, who do you have winning the finals right now? As of right now, without these winning the NBA championship, you got it. Phoenix Suns. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I can't believe it. Phoenix Suns completely changed it because I obviously chose Atlanta right now going to the finals, <laughs> and Phoenix is winning it. Solidifies Chris Paul. Yeah. Wow, wow, that's all he's missing. He was. Well, I'm not going to tell you, but there was about eight point guards I'm constantly looking at for our list, and Chris Paul was one of them, man. Chris Paul's missing. Okay, uh, spoiler alert, he's not on my list because he's Oh, really? Yeah, he's missing that illustrious uh, NBA like finals appearance, even championship, or there's there's a couple of hardwares he's missing for, for those reasons why he didn't make my list, but if he gets them to the championship and actually wins, he shoots to he probably shoots to number four. Yeah, dude, I thought that was your mystery pick. For no, sure. When I, I said, Oh, I think I know who you choose. Yeah, I I fought it I fought it hard. I sat on I thought about it for days. Didn't make the cut. Not not in the top five. He's a top ten. 
He's not a top five. Okay, okay. I cannot wait for episode nine when we are going to be talking these finals. Phoenix Atlanta called it right now. Moving on. (laughs) Okay, so that is the end of our little playoff portion of this show, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to kind of move on to our typical just NBA general talk and what's going on around the league. And we're starting off with injuries. A record-setting amount of injuries, folks. We have nine All-Stars who have missed games in these playoffs alone. Multiple series affected by what's going on. Uh, you'll bring it up later, but those superstars talking about it, complaining about it. Melky, do you think this is an actual issue? Yeah, it's a huge. It's a huge issue because it's look how it's uh, affected all these teams. Uh, LeBron was hurt. Uh, street clothes, aka Anthony Davis, pulled groin. I honestly think <laughs> from games two and three. Yeah. The way he dominated. I don't think the Phoenix Suns are where they are if he's fully healthy. He's he's a game changer. He was one. I think he was my MVP choice at the start of the season. Yeah, he, he was mine too. Uh, yeah. So street clothes going down. James Harden in the hamstring. Embiid, Kawhi. Embiid, Kawhi. Donovan Kyrie, Mitchell. Yeah. Chris Paul with the shoulder, or like in the first round. Yeah. Hunt, DeAndre Hunter. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich, he actually has a fracture in his right knee, yeah, and he's still playing. Um, yeah, you said Donovan Mitchell with the uh, the ankle. It's a record. Don, uh, Dante DiVincenzo, even though he's not like a huge player, like he's a nice defensive stopper on the Bucks. He's out with um, like a foot contusion. So it's 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 been a record setting, and I think it has to do with the condensed schedule. I think. Um, Bald man LeBron is right in that regard, but he also needs to shut up and just go away because he's sour that he's not a feature in this year's playoffs. But, you know, maybe he should have been better. Yeah, I agree. He's sour grapes. And it it also kind of sucks because a lot of NBA players use him for a voice. So he is good in those aspects. Uh, I agree with him, too. I think this is the NBA's fault. I mean, this was quantity over quality. They wanted to get as much product and make as much money as they possibly could because we didn't start in October, folks. We started in December, and we had a 72-game season. We basically missed out on four to five weeks of actual uh, regular season time, and they only took out, I think, 10 games, right, of the season? Yeah. I mean, that's, an absolute, that's so condensed, and not only that. This playoff series, how it's just nonstop because they are pushing so hard to get it done for these fucking Olympics. Like, it's it's crazy the amount that these guys are going through. Yeah, your body takes a toll and you don't have that preparation and the the rest that you're required to. It's it's going to hit you in a bunch of different ways. And you can see this is this is this is the stand. This is uh, like, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, this is the feature of the playoffs like the, this. Yeah. Yeah. It's injuries, like it's pure injuries. Um, so, I mean, it's helping out some other teams, but at the same time, you're missing your big stars because of it. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, this was your chance to like, like, tell me why is a, a 56 or a 60 game season, and why was that so bad for this year? I mean, you had COVID, you had the excuse. We would all be like pissed off that there's less basketball, but you'd be understanding because we're still going to get to these playoffs. We're still going to hopefully, like they're saying, start on time next year, pretty much go back to a normal season. 
And it's just like, no, you only cut out 10 games. And I'm one of these guys who I'm like, man, we should not be paying these athletes this much. Like, they cry a lot. But crazy what they're going through. Like, of course they're breaking down. Yeah. You're not a machine, unfortunately. Like, you you have tissue, you have bone, you have you pump blood just like you and I. So it's going to take a toll. It might, it might be a little longer because you're in better shape. But you're still going to get your nicks and you're still going to get hurt. So, yeah, you know, they need a break. I don't even blame guys for saying no to their Olympic squads. Like Lowry heads up decline for the Raptors. Like whatever, do you man? It's time to recuperate. Like you went from the bubble straight to this. Go ahead. Well, also for him too, he's got to watch. He's a, uh, he's 35, <clears throat> he's 35, excuse me. So, and you're paying, you're, you're, um, you're going for that last payday. So you don't want to jeopardize that, man, because you know, Olympics is, it's great. The accolades are great, and like being known for an, a medal. But you don't. Uh, if you get hurt from there, you ain't making any bank. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your last go, your last rodeo. So yeah, you got to protect that, protect the investment. Okay, so we're blaming the NBA for this. Come on, guys, time to step up. Be now, smart. yeah, Melky, it's time for a segment we have been excited for all this episode. It is time for what we're calling my five. Ladies and gentlemen, and the topic is top five point guards all time. One of the, if not the most important position in the NBA today. Melky, since this was yours, why don't you take us off? Yeah, with pleasure. I, you know what? I, I heard, overheard this discussion a couple of weeks ago on a bunch of the sports shows. And I thought, what would be great to have it on our pod to discuss our top five point guards? I also think it is the most important position in basketball. It's not the flashiest sometimes, but it's the most important. So we're going to go from five to one. Yep. And I know you've been glossing over my number five and wondering who it is. And you're going to be very shocked because I am not a fan of the Utah Jazz at all. But I went with John Stockton as my number five. And you know why? He's a 10-time NBA All-Star. He's an uh, NBA All-Star MVP. I did not know him and Malone shared one in one of the All-Star games. Uh, 11-time All-NBA Honors. He's a five-time All-Defensive player. He's made two trips to the NBA Finals. Lost to the best player in basketball, but that's okay. His career numbers are 13.1 points per game, 10.5 assists per game, 2.2 steals. Did you know he led the league in assists nine consecutive seasons? And he also is the all-time leader in steals with 3,265 steals. You may not like their jerseys, man, and you may not have liked their style, but those were some players. And not the apparently the greatest guy right now, but uh, <laughs> he can play ball. He can ball. And, yeah, I had to go. I, I fought hard with that number five. The rest were a little easier, but he's my number five. So okay. moving, to num- moving to number four, Michael Jordan's favorite point guard in the world, Isaiah Thomas. Two-time NBA champion, NBA Finals MVP, 12-time All-Star appearances, five All-NBA selections. His career numbers, 19.2 points per game, 9.3 assists per game, 1.9 steals per game. He led the Bad Boy Pistons in the 80s. He was the leader of that team. He was the best defensive player on that team. So for those reasons, he is my number four. That is a, a great choice, even though I'm not the biggest fan. Hard to not argue. Either. I'm not either. I actually, every time I see his face, 
I think of a rapist of those allegations in New York. He's got anyhow he almost ruined the Raptors. But yeah, I I can't I can't deny the talent that is Isaiah Thomas. So he's number four. Okay. So let's go to number three, Oscar Robertson, the Big yes. O. Only one NBA championship, but that's okay. It was very hard back then to win. Uh, one MVP, twelve time All Star, eleven time All NBA selection. You want to hear his numbers? Yes, twenty five point seven points per game, nine point five assists per game. He shot a career 48.5% as his field goal percentage. He also averaged 7.5 rebounds as a point guard. This is insane. He has the most regular season triple doubles in the NBA with 181. So he is my, <laughs> he is my number three. Okay. So you probably okay. know who my number two is going to be. I think I know who your two and one are going to be. Yes, you do. So number two, we're going with... The chef himself, Steph Curry. He's a three-time NBA champion, two-time MVP, one-time unanimous unanimous MVP for, and that's the first time ever. Yeah. Six-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA. His career numbers: twenty-three point five points per game, six point six assists per game. He shoots forty-seven point seven percent field goal percentage, and he shoots forty-three point six three-point shooting percentage he's the greatest shooter in nba history hands down and he's revolutionized the game with the three-point shot yeah he's up for serious discussion best point guard all time i'm not oh, gonna argue there dude i think if he wins another championship it it might be very close between him and my number one i was gonna say he'll still be a bit under for that championship number but who's your number one it's it's a magician's favorite friend, Magic, Irving Johnson, five-time NBA champion, three-time MVP, three-time finals MVP, 12-time yeah. All-Star, 10-time All-NBA selection, Hall of Famer, career numbers, 19.5 points per game, 7.2 rebounds per game, as he was a hulking, what, 6'9"? Big boy. 11.2 assists per game. He shot uh, 0.520% field goal. This is the standard of point guards, the icon. He led the Showtime Lakers to probably the best style of basketball ever. In wow. a day. Buddy, a pretty solid list. I don't think anybody's going to have uh, a hard time like uh, disagreeing with you there. And I'm going to tell you a little shocking note. We're actually pretty similar. (laughs) (laughs) And you've made my job easier because you wrote all those numbers. So here's what we have. Mm -mm -mm. This might uh, might shock you. Number five is that I'm I know I I I think I have an idea, and he might be singing the 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 national anthem O Canada, but you're right. Number five, Steve Nash, <laughs> now coach. I don't care if this is a biased take. The man is up there, definitely top seven, top eight. You cannot argue point guard. I have him in at number five. I tossed and turned over this pick because I'm like, is it the bias? Is it, come on. You know, like you said, Isaiah Thomas, you have all these other names, Chris Paul, what have you. I'm going to read it out here. Although no championships, two-time MVP, eight-time All-Star, seven-time All-NBA selection, 
14.3 points per game, three rebounds, 8.5 assists per game, 0.4283 percentage shooting. I mean, this guy's defense was unreal. He revolutionized, and Dallas was a force. Not only that, how many threes did this guy drop? A million. My only complaint was when he kept turning down Team Canada. Yeah, like I never understood that. For yeah. from someone who's very patriotic, he yeah. just never wanted any part of it. Yeah. Did Wayne Gretzky give basketball, buddy? <laughs> well said, well said. <laughs> okay, so moving on. My nose are all friggin' jumbled. One sec. Do 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 do. Okay, so number four, I have John Stockton. Nice. I've talked Utah before. I've brought them up. I mean, how can I not talking about this guy? You brought it up, but eleven-time All NBA selection, ten-time All Star, five-time All Defensive selection, ninety-two, ninety-three All Star MVP, led the league in assists for nine straight seasons from nineteen eighty-seven to nineteen ninety-five, two-time All Steals leader, all-time assist leader, inducted into the Hall of Fame, thirteen point one points, two rebounds, ten assists. I mean, this guy who went invisible playing with Team USA, <laughs> but he knew who he was, and they're surprised that he's even on the team. I mean, this guy was amazing in those fantastic jerseys I always loved. Those look like trash too, but <laughs> tomato, tomato. Yeah. Okay, and you know what? Pretty much now I'm just going to run it through because we're pretty much the same. Number three, I've got the big O. This guy completely revolutionized everybody. Just go on to YouTube for a bit and check out what this guy oh. And if they had recorded like uh, assists, rebounds, steals like way back then, his numbers would be even crazier. I mean, averaging over what twenty or twenty-five points his entire career, he played what over sixteen hundred games. This guy is absolutely crazy, and I hate when people disrespect like eras of sports because it's so far back and the game so far changed. We're here because of them. Well said. Couldn't have, couldn't have been said any better. Perfect, because number two, modern times, I agree with you. Steph Curry, the Raptors connection. You've never seen a shooter like this. I mean, this guy is so clutch. Three NBA championships. And I could see him getting another one because whether he's with Golden State or someone else, he hasn't been depleted yet. I mean, for a veteran, this guy still seems young, and he's balling out. He won the scoring title this year. He's not done. Not even close. Yeah. And, I mean... Number one, the Magic, five championships. I mean, up there, if MJ wasn't a player, possibly up for GOAT discussion, still is in some people's eyes, career cut short, but this guy, absolutely unreal. I mean, just, you want to talk, we talk about Greek freak. We talk about specimens, large men. This guy was insane. Jolly Green Giant. Yeah, it's crazy because he went to Michigan uh, Michigan State and represented the green there. Uh, yeah, Magic Johnson is – when it comes to point guards, he's the face. Yeah. I, I don't I, – I, I dare you to, to oppose a different uh, result. Magic Johnson is the standard for point guards. I mean, he's just one of those faces. Like, you know, like, no matter big or small how much of an NBA fan you are, you see that iconic image, you know, magic bent over, just a smile on his face. Everybody knows that. I mean, how many times this guy was an MVP? I, and five championships. We always talk about with the NBA, their biggest thing is legacy and actual number of rings. It always comes down to that discussion. This guy killed it. Well, he can put a five up 
and have all those rings in one hand. <laughs> LeBron James can't say that. No, he cannot. And we've already said that possibly not even a top five Laker. Not in my book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? We got to do another my five. We're going to choose another position next time because that was fucking awesome. And watching all the old YouTube highlights and whatever and, and waiting to know what you're – because I pretty much, man, I pretty much knew the top four. You weren't really – like I'll tell you right now, Isaiah Thomas, Jerry West, I had in the top five the whole time till I took him out for uh, Stockton and Steve Nash. I changed that last night because I kept flipping between them. I had Isaiah Thomas at one point. Like I said, Jerry West. I had Jerry West actually third at one point and took him out. The reason I had Isaiah Thomas is because that bad boy Pistons team does not win two titles without him. Yeah, oh. Joe Dumars and Dennis Rodman and uh, John Sally, they were great they're great players too. But he was the driving force behind them and this the leadership. Like he's a he's probably one of the biggest douchebags on uh, in the universe. Yeah. Definitely nominated for that. But his tenacity and his Dog, like I, I love dog, dog players, like dog mentality players. He was a, he's a rough rider, and they don't win two titles without him. So I, I had to throw him up there because he revolutionized the game a little bit with the toughness. He brought the toughness, the nails, you know, the, 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 the body, the, you know, just the body checking, and like he didn't take. He was only, he's only six feet tall, and he's taller than me, but he's only six feet tall, and he didn't take shit from anyone. Unreal. Okay, you. I want to know what position we're going to do next for my five. We're definitely doing another one next episode. Oh, definitely. Can't okay. wait. All right, folks. We're moving on now. We're going to do a super quick Raptors talk. Even though I'm still repping them, we love this team, and I'm missing them like crazy. Actually, right now, I'm going to be completely honest. I wish I had Raptors ball on TV. Um, Pascal Siakam surgery, left arm, five to six months. He's out. I mean. Uh, he's pretty much going to miss the start of next season, probably. It's a torn labrum in his left shoulder. He hurt it May 8th versus Memphis. What are we thinking about this injury, Malk? You think he's going to come back better? Is this uh, what? How are we feeling about our future guy to lead this team, potentially? Pretty much the same. So I'm I'm not over overly joyed with him in, in any terms. I think... I know maybe his handles are better, you know, after the surgery. He's supposed to miss, I think, the first three weeks. So two things come to mind. Um, You can't teach heart and toughness. So it doesn't matter how many surgeries he gets. I don't think you can instill that in him. Yeah, Uh, It's just something that he's got to adopt, and he's he's really got to put that in his mindset because he's playing with no – no heart, no soul at all right now. So maybe surgery, you know, kicks him in the right direction. But more importantly, if he misses the first three weeks or a month, you get to see this team run without him. And that could be a good thing because you're not relying. You're not relying on one guy. You're, you're, it's a team setting, a team game. And you get to see uh, the likes of more OG, um, Freddie, uh, Boucher, uh, our our boy um, from the Portland trade, um, Gary Trent Jr. If hopefully he resigns, he better resign. Uh, you know, you get to see more of a team oriented game than anyone else who they bring in. So uh, it's very, it'll be very interesting to see life without him for the first month. Yeah, it's funny too because I was looking over his numbers right in the final sixty two games of the season. 
47 games played. He averaged 21 and a half points, 6.9 rebounds, 4.3 assists. His numbers are actually not that bad, but in big asterisks beside it, I have what you wrote heart clutch. I mean, yes, the numbers look good. And there were times where he was the best Raptor on the floor, but those clutch moments when we needed him most, he didn't come through. And I mean, if you're going to be a superstar and you're going to be paid like a franchise player, I hate to tell you this, but that's what you got to do. It, it might suck to have the whole world on your shoulders, but that's what you signed up for. Yeah, you had no problem signing on the dotted line for the money. Yeah. You need to play like one. You, you need to make the all-star team. You need to shoulder this team and put them on your back. And you need to have, play with some heart. But where's the Pascal C or the Spicy P that was two years ago that helped us? It will, it, honestly, if he didn't play the way he did our, our championship run, we don't win a championship. Like Kawhi was gifted and great, and Lowry was, you know, Lowry. We don't win without Pascal. Yeah, I 100% agree with you too. And it worries me now that because we have these veterans gone, Kawhi, uh, Serge, Gasol, and possibly Lowry, I mean, he can't hide his weaknesses from these guys because. Uh, not saying because I'm thinking we're going to have a strong team, especially with what we're going to be talking about next. But this guy needs to step up. I mean, the spotlight is on you. Yeah, well, only time will tell. So maybe this is an eye opener for him because yeah. you can be replaced. And if I'm a Psy, you're probably on your last legs. Yeah, like obviously he's hurt. So I'm not expecting him to be working out like crazy. But I want to see commitment. I want to see heart. I don't care if that means... He's doing fucking cardio on Instagram every day wearing a Raptors shirt just saying, let's fucking go. Like, let's do it. I'd love to see that. I want to see something from him, something where I'm like, okay, this guy's buzzing and he's got and, – and he – I mean, you brought it up. I wasn't even thinking about that. Those three weeks without him, he's going to be watching this as well. And, buddy, I hate to tell you this, but you could be leaving if there's magic, if sparks happen with this team. If, if everything's clicking on all cylinders, you don't think uh, besides on that phone trying to get uh, value for you? Yeah. And most importantly, you need to be a leader. Like, you, you, you nailed it with the veterans gone. You're a veteran there, too. You've been yeah, there and freaking out on the coaches and shit. Enough of that. No. You need to set an example, a better example, and lead this team. You and Freddie and OG, you guys need to lead this team. Okay. Well, speaking of leading this team... Uh, they're going to have to lead some new faces, potentially, because, holy shit, the NBA draft just happened. And at number four, your Toronto Raptors, the fourth overall pick. We, like, I can't believe we got number four. We obviously all wanted Cade. Quick rundown of the NBA draft, the top five. At five is Orlando. Four, your Toronto Raptors. Three, Cleveland Cavaliers, the other team to move up with Toronto. Number two, Houston. And number one, Detroit. Our old coach going to get a generational talent, but the Raptors are going to get no slouch. Oh, the top five. Uh, I, I think if they keep the, if each team keeps their spot, they're all getting really good players from one to five. And unfortunately, we don't get the, we didn't win the Cade Cunnington sweep sweepstakes, but Detroit had to get something. <laughs> he won't even be there long, man. He'll be out in like five, six years, anyways. Yeah, that's still five, six years wasted in yeah. Detroit. <laughs> okay, so a couple of names. Uh, we have Jalen Suggs. We have Jalen Green. We've got Evan Mobley. These guys are kind of the top four. There's some other names around that I've heard the Raptors potentially going for. I'm telling you right now, man, out of all of them, I want Jalen Suggs. 
I want that future Lowry, man. I mean, this guy was a two-sport athlete in high school, a four-star quarterback, five-star point guard. I think he's so sick. I mean, I would take Jalen Green. I mean, that guy's shooting. I would love that guy on the floor. And I know people, I know we have center big man issues. And I would be ecstatic to get Mobley or however you say his name. But I actually think if he falls to us, I'm not saying I'd be disappointed, but I want the other two guys. See, this is where we differ. I want Mobley because we lack in size. And he I has know. gifted hands. I know. He can pass. <laughs> he can um, you want him to size him. seven feet tall. Uh, I think we have enough wing and guards on our team, and we can also like address that in free agency. I think we lack size and we lack skill up front. And what better way to start with Evan Mobley? I hope he falls to number four. Really? Another thing I saw last night, man, I was on the Toronto Raptors subreddit and all that stuff, is people talking about trading the pick for a superstar like Beal or somebody who's in a very unhappy relationship. See, I was all up for Beal last season. I don't think you need him this go-around. If you're trying to get uh, Gary Trent to sign, you have a similar player who you can get for, for cheap. I think... I really think if you want to make a splash, you, you either contact Indiana for Miles Turner or you contact uh, Minnesota for Cat. Go yeah. rescue the big black cat. Yeah, that's I, what I want if, for a trade, Cat. Yeah, if if I'm dangling that number four pick, I want Cat. Miles Turner, I would probably try and do a one-for-one for, one for Pascal if and maybe throw in a second round or future first or something. I wouldn't I don't I wouldn't want to give up that that pick this year for for Miles Turner and no disrespect to him. He's a he's he's a great defender, big body, something we can build around. Nice pick and roll with him and uh, Steady Freddy. Yep. But I would I I would be hesitant to to give up that pick, but for Cat 100%. I'm giving that number 4 pick for Cat. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I want that big guy on our team. Like that just changes. We're we're a huge contender in the playoffs with Cat. There, there's no doubt about it. Easy. Now, question, question for you: If we don't get a big man like Cat or someone in a trade, and it's still kind of looking barren for free agency for centers, would you consider trading up to get Evan? Or you're happy? With Suggs, Green, whoever, like, let's just stay at four. Whoever we get, I mean, obviously, any of these players is going to be sick. We're going to win. Like the fact that we got number four, it's a win, people. If we haven't said that enough, huge, huge win. I mean, Chris Bosh was our last number four overall pick. That turned out pretty well. Yeah, exactly. So just, would you would you trade up? Like, just like Detroit hasn't had a top two pick since they chose Darko Milicic. So <laughs> that same draft, oh, man. Well, I mean, maybe we take Chris the next Chris Saps. Oh, please, please, no. <laughs> Actually, I heard rumors of Toronto and Chris Stapps. I don't want him on this team. Uh, no, uh, I'm not trading up unless it's for Cade. If it's for Cade, 100% I'm trading up. Generational player. But I'm happy with, like, Mobley, Sug, Suggs, um, Green, is it Green? Green, yep. Yeah, Green. I'm happy with those three as, I, guess, I don't want to call them consolation, but consolation prizes as well. I'm happy with those guys. Yeah, I mean, we're getting a top four pick. And, and the way that skill and young guys are today, like, it, it's a win for us. We had, what, number seven going into this draft? 
Yeah, we were projected at seven, and Steady Freddie. Uh, yeah, uh, goat buddy. <laughs> Steady Freddie helping the cause and sending us to number four. He's a good luck charm. Oh, beautiful. I cannot wait for this draft. Free agency. This whole summer is going to be exciting, man. All the shit we're going to be able to talk about. This has been a long episode. This has been a great episode. And to end it, we're going to end it how we've been ending every episode this season. We're going with favorite Kobe moments, Black Mamba, one of the goats. And we're continuing the tradition with the little playoff moments. Melky always goes first. I'll go first this time. And I'm taking it back to June 8th, 2004, Lakers versus Pistons game two. Now, the Lakers go on to lose this series 4-1 to to Detroit. Huge shocker. Yeah, huge shocker. Pistons win the title. But game two, 33 points, seven assists. That's how he finished. But that's not even why I bring this up. What I bring up is after a Derek Fisher three-pointer gave LA a 73-71 lead, Kobe went on to score 10 of the remaining 16 points for the Lakers, taking them to OT, solidifying the win, and stopping them from being swept, which a lot of people had turned on them already and were predicting that with Detroit. Because they did not, Lakers did not look like they kind of deserved to be a championship team that season, to be honest. Well, they tried to buy their buy that championship with Old yeah. Man Malone and uh, the crusty glove um, Gary Payton. He was no longer <laughs> he was no longer a smooth glove. Uh, so they tried to buy their championship that year, and it, it failed obviously. And uh, I was shocked. I'm sure you were shocked that they got, they lost five. It, it wasn't even a fight. Kudos though to that Detroit defensive team and you know Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace, um, Rip, Chauncey. Chauncey just got hired by the way by the Portland uh, Trailblazers. Congratulations. Yeah. So yeah but that's just Mamba man. Leave it to Mamba just to take it, put it on his back and take it to the promised land. Honestly besides Ben Wallace I wasn't even a fan of that Detroit team and I do not like the Lakers at all. That was a terrible finals. I couldn't have given two shits. Oh, it was boring, but you kind of wanted Gary Payton and Carl uh, Malone to, to get a title. Not Payton, really. I mean, Payton, <laughs> I don't really care. Chauncey Billups, I don't give two shits about, but I do like Malone. Yeah, well, he never won one. And Gary Payton ended up winning one in Miami, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking horse shit. <laughs> okay, Malky, what's yours? Uh, I went back to 2001 where uh, Bryant torches the Sacramento Kings for 48 points. Oh. So Kobe's... Kobe scores 48 points and rips down 16 rebounds. 16 rebounds to help sweep the Kings in the Western Conference semifinals in Game 4 in the Kobe and Shaq era. Unbelievable, and I saw that highlight too. We've been going through them. I mean, just crazy how he turned it up like that just for one game. Dials it up, man. Goes from 0 to 100. Oh, man. Rest in peace, Black Mamba, buddy. The GOAT. All right, Melky, any shout-outs you want? Uh, yeah, shout-out to you, man. Like, as always, is an absolute blast, man. I couldn't think of a better guy to shoot air balls with than uh-huh. you, boss. So, uh, and these playoffs have been spectacular. So talking yeah. ball and playoff ball with you in particular has been great. I do want to give a special shout-out to, um, to a podcast called Sports for You Podcast. So Jonathan... Jonathan, Nick, Mark are doing big things in the sports world. You can find these cats over at Townhouse Media. That's T-O-U-N-E, House, if you don't know how to spell house, learn to read, media channel. 
you catch them there. They're all over the place. Uh, Spotify, YouTube, um, uh, SoundCloud, Apple Pod, Amazon Music. These guys are pretty dope. They're pretty like hilarious. They talk. They 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 put an episode each week, and they just talk about sports, all types of sports. They don't they don't have just one topic. It's all different sports. So check them out. Uh, they've been uh, they've been pretty good to me too. Just you know throwing some some lines and zingers my way and helping me out. So shout out to those boys. Yeah, you turned me on to them uh, last week. Yeah, yeah no, they're, they're interesting, man. They, 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 I like the way they do things. So big ups to them. And one last thing, help our sponsorship by going to smoothmyballs.com. Get 15% off using promo code NA30. Do it now because if you want to be an emerging superstar, trim shade and take care of your toolbar. <laughs> Oh, I always love your ads, buddy. Okay, on top of that, special shout out to the parent company, NA30, El Jefe, for always putting this stuff together. We're going to get this episode out to you really quickly, folks, because we're already excited for recording episode nine and getting ready for the championships. Uh, Melky, I don't know about you, but I want to see the end of this friggin' game. So I'm saying, let's get the hell out of here. Spoiler alert game's over. Milwaukee, Milwaukee wins 113 to 102. No way Milwaukee came back. Yeah, take a 2-1 series lead. Oh, I'm going to be watching TSN highlights and texting you very shortly then. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking the same thing, buddy. Okay, everybody, this has been Nothing But Miss, Episode 8. I'm Ba, that's Melky. We're always hitting there, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Bye.